Hare Krishna, the devotees, thank you for joining us for the Sankirtan On podcast. Um, and today we have a very, very special, exalted, and dear guest. One of His Grace Vaisheshika Prabhu's best friends, most dear friends, um, His Holiness Keshava Bharati Maharaj. Maharaj, uh, I'll just read his uh, biography here for those that don't know him. I don't know why you wouldn't know Maharaj. He's doing so much nice work. I'm reading Prabhupada's books every day um, and broadcasting that for the benefit of all. So Maharaj, after, gra- after graduating with honors from UCLA with a BS in business management, spent a year as an assistant in a studio manage- manager at Columbia Pictures in Hollywood and a couple of years pursuing a career as a professional musician in San Francisco Bay area. Kenneth Beck, as he was known in those days, embarked on a spiritual quest that led him to 1972 to meet with the spiritual master, His Divine Grace A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. In 1973, Maharaj was initiated um, with the name Keshav Bharti Das. Uh, he traveled and preached in America, distributing Prabhupada's books. He then managed the Radhadar Dar Traveling Sankirtan Party from 1975 until 1977. Um, when he joined His Holiness Tamal Krishnamaraj to assist him in the service of Srila Prabhupada a few, before, a few weeks before Srila Prabhupada departed this world. On January 1st, 1979, Maharaj answered, entered the renounced order of life and received the further title Dasko Swami. Since then, he has dedicated his life um, to teaching all over the world. He, tra- he has traveled extensively. Um, having lived in eight countries, including England, Spain, Italy, France, Greece, and the Fiji Islands, India, and the United States. In 1994, Maharaj made his base at the Iskand Bhaktivedanta Ashram in Govardhan. And uh, for those who have attended, it's a very special, special place where the reading of Srila Prabhupada's books is done very seriously, very strictly, and very profoundly for many hours during the Kartik. But unfortunately, we haven't been able to have his association over the last couple of years, but Krishna willing, next year we'll be able to do it. Um, after overseeing the, the re- refurbishment of the ashram in 1998, Maharaj was asked by Gopi Paranadanda Prabhu and Shivaram Maharaj to be the English editor. He has since then edited 17 volumes and published transcendental literature including three volumes of the first English translation of Sri Sanatana Goswami's um, auto-commentary on Brihabhagavatamrita, translated by Iskand Sr. Sanskrit Gopi Paranandana Prabhu, and the epic nine-volume work of the pastimes of Radha Krishna, Navaraj Mahima, by His Holiness Sri Ram Swami. And he also edited Our Family Business, by His Grace Vaisheshri Prabhu. And Maharaj is currently living in the UK and is recording Srila Prabhupada's major works to be published as official BBT audio. Audio books. Audio books. Yes, his audio books, which uh, he presently is working on the final proof hearing of the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita with purports, which will be released in 2021. And he plans to record Krishna book, Bhagavad Gita as it is, in the entire Srimad Bhagavatam with purports. And the BBT publication of Srimad Bhagavatamrita with the commentary. So we're very fortunate to have Maharaj here with us. And um, we hope um, everyone in the audience will benefit from his association. So Maharaj, thank you so much for joining Hare us. Krishna, Hare Krishna. Thanks for uh, having me. And uh, one thing we 
we've admired, Maraj, uh, especially myself, I've admired of you is just this uh, strict and very firm vow to read Prabhupada's books. But uh, maybe you'd like to share with us how you first came to Krishna consciousness. Well, I think <clears throat> the two are linked. The reason why I'm so attached to reading out loud Srila Prabhupada's books is because literally uh, they saved me. I was, I was living on top of a mountain in California having, I mean, you read a little bit about my bio. You know, I had done a lot of things and been successful, but I wasn't happy like so many of us in those days and, and these days. Uh, so I kind of renounced. Uh, I mean, I was married at the time, but I renounced in the sense that I renounced, you know, human society. And I moved up into a very small village, 100 people in the village on top of a mountain in California. And uh, I, I had accumulated a little a small library, maybe 25 books on different, you know, religious books and special, you know, self-improvement books and, uh, it's, you know, yoga books and, you know, what can I give you? I'm trying to think of an example I can give you to give you an idea of what they were like. Because this is an audio, I have to make it. I have to make it visual audio, so you can just kind of visualize what's going on. You know, G Egyptian Book of the Dead. You know, Tibetan Book of the Dead, Buddhist sutras. You know, Saint John of the Cross, Saint Francis of Assisi. Uh, so many books. You know, Be Here Now. You know, you know, you know Autobiography of a Yogi and. I was trying, I was going systematically through these books, trying to piece it together, mm. what they were trying to say. Because I could hear intuitively that they were, they were talking about the same thing, but none of them would actually make any concrete conclusion about anything. So I was kind of confused, but I was trying my best. And I, I got a job, part-time job, graveyard shift means that it, working at night, you know, and so it was a very, very simple life, you know, you know, getting wood to use to heat the house. I mean, it was real, real rustic life. Were you living there by yourself, Maraj? I was living there with my wife and with my childhood friend who had known each other from my whole Clint, his name was Clint McCormick. And uh, so I had gone to Europe you know, just before that, with Clint, and we had come back, and I was kind of, by that time, I was, I was chanting a mantra, Rama, 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 Rama. I was <laughs> chanting that. I got it from the back of the Be Here Now book, you know, and so I was chanting Krishna's name unknowingly, unknowingly, and I just chanted it all the way there and all the way back. We were busking, you know, with their guitars and. You know, doing what young people in those days did. And so I came back and I was 
seriously studying these 15, 20 books. And I was doing it systematically. You know how I am, very systematic. So my wife wanted to go to Mexico with her friend because I went to, you know, to Europe with her, with my friend. So they went. And while she was gone, my landlady not, uh, rang the doorbell, right? And she had an Ishupanishad and a Back to Godhead magazine. Now, this wow. is a, it's very unusual because she was a 70-year-old Christian mystic. And she had moved up to the top of this mountain in the same place for the same reason I did, to get to get away from the madding crowd, as they say, you know, to the madness of materialistic life. And she was quite deep and quite so, and this was way away from anybody and we any civilization practically. And you had to go down off the mountain to get your provisions because there wasn't any like supermarkets or places to shop there. <clears throat> so she had gone down off the mountain to get provisions and a devotee stopped her in a, in a parking lot. This is 1972. There weren't that many devotees running oh, around that's in, amazing. in Bakersfield, California, which practically at that time, Bakersfield was really an out of the way place, you know really out of the way place. And uh, this devotee approached her and she was not interested at all. She was completely dedicated, completely committed to Jesus Christ and, and real, a real serious Christian, yeah. not one of these, you know, superficial nutcases, you know, she, she was real, she was really. So she didn't, she, she wasn't interested at all, but she thought of me all of a sudden, she told me, you, you came into my mind, and I thought, maybe he would like these books. Wow. So she brought me the books, and I opened the door, and there was Hope. Her name was Hope. I'm not making this up. This is the truth. <laughs> her, her name was Hope. She And she said, I think these are for you. And she gave me those books, a magazine and a book, Ishapanishad and Back to God. So I, I said, thank you very much, Hope. And then I put those books on the end of the shelf, right? Without looking at them, just the way I was, just crazy person. <laughs> and then about, I think it was five or six, no more than a week later, my wife comes back from Mexico. Now she went to the interior of Mexico, looking for cultural places and, you know, far out places, not, you know, not the beach cities and the, mm -hmm border towns, you know, Mexico, this is, so she goes into a used bookstore in the middle of Mexico. And there was one book in the English language. They were looking for some, you know, tourist maps and things like that. There was one book in the English language, Bhagavad Gita as it is. Oh my God. So it was the old unabridged, uh, uh, the abridged version, okay. purple one with the Vishnu in the front cover and Thomas Morton did the foreword. And uh, so she brought it back for me. So I put it, it said, thank you very much, dear. And I put it next to the other book at the end of the shelf. And I didn't even look at it. <clears throat> right? Mm -hmm. So a few days later, I went to work at night. And I took these books. I still haven't looked at them. Put them in a bag. Took them to work. And right 
you know, just be, the, the, it was starting to get light and it was, you know, not light yet. Kind of, maybe it was Brahma Hurt. I didn't know anything about Brahma Mohurta in those days, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and then I, I, nobody was around. It was a perfect moment. So I took these two books out of the bag to look at them for the first time. And I looked at them and they were of the, from the same author. And I just, tears started flowing out of my eyes and my body was shaking. Mm -hmm. And I was overwhelmed because I had been praying, and praying, and mm -hmm. praying, trying to understand. And I felt the, the reciprocation like big mm -hmm. time, big time. And I started to kind of flip through the Gita because I had one other Gita that was Christopher Isherwood. It was like a poem. Nobody, you can't, couldn't understand anything from it, you know. And I came to the, uh, I was just flipping through, just here and there, just reading a little, reading a little. But every time I read a little, little, one of my questions got answered completely, mm -hmm. like definitively. And I said, who, somebody's talking to me. You know, and then wow. I got to the ninth chapter, and it was a long purport. And I'm very happy that Macmillan agreed to put that purport in there because not all the purports were there in that book. I went to the ninth chapter, and at the end of this purport, I read this. Which verse is that, Marsh? Nine, two. Nine, two. Okay. End of the purport. Thus, the process of devotional service or Krishna consciousness is the king of education and the king of all confidential knowledge. It is the purest form of religion and it can be executed joyfully without difficulty. Therefore, one should adopt it. And I shut the book and that was it. So I went, I, right after work, I went up back to the house. I got... Clint out of bed and I said Clint something just happened because we were always talking about these you know mm. spiritual things so-called spiritual things he said this was too much you know what just happened to me it's just too this is something special we've got to find out more about this so we got the magazine out and we saw that there, there was a the, the cover of the magazine was advertising the LA temple as the world headquarters there was a picture of Prabhupada and all the devotees were around and I couldn't focus on Prabhupada at the time, but that's what the picture was. And then we looked at the addresses and we were, we were about, about oh, 60 or 70 miles from Los Angeles, you know? So that would have been the logical place to go if you want to find out about, you know? So, but we didn't like Los Angeles for obvious reasons. No offense to the LA, LAites, you know. And it seemed, didn't it seem like the place to go for spiritual realization. Yeah, <laughs> and then and, and then we we found an address in San Francisco. So we were Northern California boys. We were grew up together in Northern California, small, small town. So let's go to San Francisco. So we just, you know, jumped into our little Volkswagen van and we drove like 400 miles out of our way. And we got to the address, Frederick Street, and it was boarded up. They had moved and there was no forwarding address, nothing. So it was like a dead end. And I, I didn't, 
I know what to think, you know. And I looked down the down the down the roadway. This was this was on the corner of Stanyon Street and and Frederick Street. And if you keep going down, you get the hate, Ashbury. And I was looking around and I saw a devotee. He was passing out magazines. So I went running up to him and I was carrying this book in my hand, the Bhagavad Gita as it is. And I came running up to him and I said, Hare Krishna, because I had read in the book, Hare Krishna. And he looked at me, you know, you know, I, you know, veered down to my down to my belly button practically and hair long hair, and I was a mountain man, I looked like a mountain man. And uh, he said, Oh, you must have come to hear Srila Prabhupada speak tonight. No, Prabhupada was there. And I said, What do you mean? Because in the book that we got, the books that we got, the word Prabhupada wasn't there on the cover or anywhere. You know, it was an old Iskon press, Ishupanishad and Macmillan, and it, the, Prabhupada, the word Prabhupada, I didn't know what he meant. He said, what do you mean? He said, oh, the author of that book you're holding, he just arrived today. We arrived on the same day by Krishna's grace. And I found out later on that he, his, his, he wanted to go back, this was 1972. And it was right in the thick of the, maybe you've read that book that Giriraj Maharaj wrote, I'll build you a temple, you know? Okay. <clears throat> yeah, yes, very nice. Yeah, it's a classic masterpiece of a book. And he, his mind was preoccupied. He was going back early to to deal with the with the Bombay issue, the land issue. Mm. So he he had gotten a flight. His flight was L.A. to someplace to Bombay, but somehow rather there was a problem with the flight. So he he was rerouted to San Francisco, just just so he could get back sooner. Right. So as soon as he said that. I, the same thing happened. Tears started pouring out of my eyes and I was shaking. They took me to the temple and I walked into the temple and just breathed the atmosphere. And it was like I had never not been there. I mean, I know this sounds like a big, some kind of drama queen or something, but it, it actually happened exactly like this. No exaggerations, no exaggerations. And I was just, you know, everybody seemed familiar I hadn't, but actually hadn't met any of them. And then just in a few minutes, not a few minutes, it must have been, you know, it must have been at least three or four hours. And then they put me into a van and took me to a program. It was at the Hall of Flowers in Golden Gate Park. Hmm. And I was sitting there and there was, you know, there was a stage and there, there, weren't, there weren't that many people there because uh, there, weren't, there wasn't much time to advertise. So, there weren't many people, but, you know, anyway, <clears throat> there wasn't, a, there wasn't a, a, a curtain, but there was a stage. And then it looked like they were going to start the program. And I saw light and then Prabhupada walked out on the stage and he lit up the whole room. This is what I saw. He lit up the whole room. And... I just fell flat on my face instinctively. 
I didn't know anything, anything. I had been reading that book for a few days and reading it out loud to my friends. Mm. I started reading Prabhupada's books right from the get-go and I have been reading his books out loud ever since. That's almost 49 years ago. So then, you know, I couldn't understand everything he was saying, but I was still tearing all the time, just looking at him. And I knew this is my spiritual master. I knew. Mm. And then he decided to go early because he, well, the things were on his mind, I guess. And there was a, there was a, a wall between us and there was a hallway and there was a, a, a wall between us and that hallway. And he went out past the kitchen and Jayananda was in the kitchen, you know, preparing the prasadam. And the secretary told him, you know, Prabhupada's going to leave early. And Jayananda said, oh, this was told me later by Bhumna, a god brother. I didn't remember this because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't like behind the, the, the wall. I couldn't see. And he said, Jainanda said, oh, Prabhupada, you can't leave. We don't have Prashadam yet. Because, you know, Prabhupada would take some Prashadam. Then there was Prashadam. So he made a plate and he gave it to Bhumna. And he sent him out. So Bhumna goes down. He's going down the... By this time, Prabhupada had come to the door out to the parking lot. And I had reached... From the outs, from the from the hall, I had reached the same door, and I so I saw Prabhupada going to this car, and I looked, and he looked at me, and I looked at him. I wanted to jump in the car, honestly, <laughs> and I couldn't. I just I was frozen. I couldn't. And then Boomna came behind me, beside me, and I don't remember this. This is Boomna telling me years later in Govardhan. He told me this. He went to Prabhupada. Prabhupada, by this time, Prabhupada was in the car and he rolled down the window and he put the plate right under Prabhupada's nose. <laughs> Can you imagine? This is the way we were. It was the Wild West, you know. And he said, Prabhupada, Jainanda told me to give you this. He said, Jainanda, and then he took three times from the plate. And mm. then, they, then he drove off. There, and there's Bhumna. He's standing there in the middle of the parking lot with the plate of Maha, Maha, Maha Prashadam. <laughs> And he told me, I'm looking for a place to go and just devour it. But and then he turned around and there I was standing in front of him. And he looked at it, he looked at me, he looked at it, he looked at me and, and he said, oh, all right. And he gave me that plate. Oh, Krishna. And I sat down on the parking lot and I ate that whole plate of Maha 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 Prashadam. And my, what can I say? My life was never the same. So that's how I that's how I came. I went, you know, just I think two three days later I went back, mm. you know, got my wife brought, brought her to San Francisco and I just moved in. That's, I didn't really move in. We were we were householders, so we didn't move mm. in. But we we came and I, I was going to Manglarti and my didn't my wife didn't have any idea what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> she ended up she ended up being saint. Her name was, she got initiated, her name was Kolini Dasi, and she was, she's a saint. Blessed my sannyas, and I mean, really mm. special, really special mm. person. And we, we're really inspired, Maharaj, to hear your story, and 
and just the to see the connection and how kind of i mean it's it's obvious you just continued where you left off from your past life and then also so, how, so point i'm making is that the books chased me mm. i didn't purchase those books the books chased me down and i was in the middle of nowhere so i say to all the book distributors you know don't you know don't worry if no one's coming you know, I heard Prabhupada say the other day, you got, a, you have a diamond, somehow rather fortune, for providence, and you have a diamond, a huge diamond that's worth multi, multi-million dollars, right? And you're trying to sell it. And nobody has enough money to buy it. So then Prabhupada said, so what do you do with such a diamond? Do you throw it away? because no one's coming to buy it because it, it, it's too valuable he said no so Krishna consciousness is the most valuable gem and the, and the price you have to pay is so deep and so different that not very many people will take it but that doesn't mean you throw it away you keep it and nurture it and eventually and Prabhupada, you know, we know from reading our family business, you know, Prabhupada's plot, you know, was to re-spiritualize the, the world by the mass distribution of his books. And do not ever take this for granted that just because not that many people are coming, any many people are coming. And many people are more 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 favorable for taking the books, especially after this COVID. Mm. I, I'm listening to devotees telling the book distributors of Tamil. So many more people are favorable, you know, to the to the books and to the ideas. So this is this is going to happen. Prabhupada told us the day will come, and it may not be in our lifetime. It's going to take a long, long time for this planet, for the for the Christian consciousness movement to become, you know, at its peak of influence. Mm. It will take a long time. Maybe thousands of years, <clears throat> you know. We know from Shastra that, you know, Lord Chaitanya, that that golden streak in the Kali Yuga, you know, the beginning of Kali Yuga, when Lord Chaitanya appeared, and for ten thousand years, you know, things will increase. But ten thousand years is a long time. So many things will change. So if anybody is impatient, you know, that's wrong. Yeah, wrong. So, thank you, Maharaj. And um, so we know you're undergoing this uh, monumental endeavor to read Prabhupada's books systematically and present audiobooks, authorized audiobooks um, through the BB, through the Bhakti Vedanta Book Trust. So maybe would, can you share with us how what inspired you to uh, undertake this project? Well. It's pretty obvious that over time, time is very powerful. Time causes us to forget. And after Shiva Prabhupada left, there were different difficulties we went through. And this is not unusual. It happens every time that a world acharya actually leaves, that, that it's built up something, a movement or something or institution. And uh, 
every time a person of that level leaves, there's always disorder, always. And that kind of thing happened, but Prabhupada's movement is still intact. Books are still being published. We're still going out and doing kirtan. But, you know, many devotees don't read Prabhupada's books as they used to. Mm -hmm. And I, I have personal experience within myself that reading Prabhupada's books out loud, even to ourselves, you know, sometimes devotees complain when they try to read, they fall asleep, you know, because it's, it's Kali Yuga. Kali Yuga means mode of ignorance is very thick, you know, everybody, we're not of the world, you know, but we're in the world. Hmm. So if you're not strongly Christian conscious, then the atmosphere of the world will affect us to the extent that we're not Christian conscious, fully Christian conscious, to that extent, you know, the nature, the atmosphere of the world will affect us. Okay. So then you decided then to, that recording yourself, reading them and putting it out for other devotees would be something that you know, would be, that others could benefit from. And I've yeah, heard... Of now, now look at what, you know, the, everybody's got their devices and they're always listening to the devices. They don't have time to read, but they have, they're going from one place to another. They're doing this or that, you know, and they can hear. And I, I'm, I have personal re realization of this, that the hearing, and it's all, it's practically in every book, page of the books as well. How many times did Srila Prabhupada say that the, 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 the beginning of, of pure devotional service is to hear, you know, and to hear from the pure devotee? So, okay, there's going to be controversies. There's going to be, you know, nowadays, especially, there's all these conspiracy theories, <laughs> this and that. And, you know, the books have been edited. And we want to read the original books. And, what you know, this is all craziness, actually. The Prabhupada wanted the books to be edited, and he he trained his, his devotees, especially Jaidwaita Maharaj, you know, and uh, everybody knew that Jaidwaita Maharaj was the, I mean, actually, actually Ramaswar just wrote a book, a, a book, a, a, a message back in response to the, uh, to the principles document that we published, BBT published. Mm -hmm about the guidelines that we're going to use to review Prabhupada's books. And, and, and Ramaswar is, of course, he's got his position, very strong position. We shouldn't edit, we should just cut it off. But in his last response, he said, Prabhupada authorized a review of all of his books. And then Ramaswar admitted that he thought it could, ha it could happen in one year. You know, he's never edited a book in his life. You know, this is not a one-year project. So what's going on is actually authorized by Prabhupada. Mm -hmm. You know, that the, the edit, the Prabhupada, I'll read you something, if you don't mind. We welcome. This is a quote from, uh, from Srila Prabhupada. Yeah. Whoa, where is it? 
There it is. Got it. This is directly from Prabhupada. He says, it is not that we may present anything crude translation and that is acceptable. No, even though the transcendental subject matter of Vedic literature is still spiritually potent, despite the crudest translation, still, because we have got facility to make it perfect. That is our philosophy. When I translated Srimad Bhagavatam, I had not the facility, so you may notice grammatical discrepancies. It is not our philosophy to print errors. Of course, our spiritual subject matter is transcendental, and therefore it remains potent, despite mistakes in grammar, spelling, etc. But this type of translation may only be allowed if there is no other way to correct it. Then it is all right. But if you know the correct order, then you must make it perfect. Mm. That is our philosophy. Everything perfect for Krishna. This was written in 1972. And where is that, Maharaj? I think that's the first time I've heard that. That's a letter. It's in the letter books. Wow. I mean, it's in the letter. It's transcribed. 1972? 1970. January. January 20th, 1972 to Hansa That's a powerful letter. I think that's the that's the letter there that can can really make clarify things a lot. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um one personal concern Maharaj I've had, um, and I think I've I've expressed this to you before and to my spiritual master as well. Um, as far as um what may happen, what are what are some concerns that you may have if Prabhupada's books are not being read as they should be, you know, as as the prominent diet. It's like, you know, you have a you have a plate and then you have your, you know, your main meal, you have your subjis and you just have a little sweet there. But they, we know that our main crux of our meal should be Prabhupada's books. So, yes, what are what are, are there? Are there any concerns? Because I know, I mean, something I think about, you know, within the next decade or so, we won't have the association with so many Prabhupada's disciples. So, you know, how to keep what what, what are some things that we should be? Um, that for the next generation, um, we should keep strongly and and things that we should be keen to 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 make sure that we maybe uh, correct if we're seeing. Well, you know, Srila Prabhupada set the movement up. Uh, and his, you know, the decision to edit the Gita, for instance, you know that 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 first unabridged Gita had a lot of mistakes in it, and. When the, when the translators of, around the world uh, started to translate it, they came up with questions. And they asked their questions naturally to the BBT editorial department. Then they, they saw that this was serious. So they went to the BBT trustees, BBT trustees went to the GBC, and the GBC and BBT trustees together made the decision that it needed to be edited even though Prabhupada wasn't there anymore. And then they all decided that Jaidwaita Maharaj was the, per the only person that could do it. And that was the history behind how that editing took place. But, you know, this is the era of conspiracy theories <laughs> and misinformation, dissemination of misinformation. So over time, and this is another effect of time, 
things tend to get unclear. Hmm. So even though there have been a lot of things happen, there's so many things, but as long as the GBC is meeting every year and trying to sort out the problems, as long as the BBT trustees are there to protect Prabhupada's books, right? Then we're okay. We're okay. Okay. And the books are being, you know, the big books are being, uh, the, the day is coming very soon. I can tell you from inside information, the day is coming very soon when whatever adjustments that needed to be made for mistakes will be stopped at all together, you know, and then there will be, you know, you know, the final edition. Hmm. And it'll be more clear already. It's being made more clear gradually. But, you know, it's just like, you know, Trump Trump won the election. He, he won it by a landslide. They call it the big lie. You know, <laughs> he's still going. You can't accept, he can't accept defeat. So he just, it's, it, and now there's all kinds of conspiracy theories and people going crazy. This is Kali Yuga. This is the advent or the, or the ongoing development of the Kali Yuga and we can't stop it it's Krishna's will but we can slow it down and individual people we can save them from this you know this fire you know of discontent and and uh, chaos you know who, who would have thought we'd be in the position we're in two years ago that we're in now from this COVID who would have thought it nobody nobody would have thought it so it, it, it's a matter of understanding properly and taking the Gita and applying the principles that are in the Gita into our own character and into our own mental world and into our own, you know, practical daily life. That's the need of the day. Mm. And the tendency to kind of, oh, I've, oh, I've read the Gita, now we go, to, oh, now I've read the book, now I've go, now I've read Jim, now I've, what else? Then we go look other places to find other things and other things and other things, newer and newer things, but we're not staying with the Gita. I mean, if you actually listen to Srila Prabhupada, because this is another thing I do in my own personal, this is my own personal uh, experience, that uh, I just got something flashed in my screen at, about a phone call that I needed to make at four o'clock and I got off the track for a second. Okay. Back on to, to what was I just saying? Um, you were talking about your own personal life. You're, I think you're talking about the chronological hearing of Prabhupada. Hear, how important it is to hear Prabhupada. Yes, yes. And what what I do is I I listen every day to Prabhupada for for about half an hour to an hour every morning when I first get up, and I and I listen chronologically, mm. right? And I've gone through all of them. You know, this, I'm on my third time through. Wow. And I've been doing this for a long time. And now, in my hearing, he's, it's 1977. You know, now it's in March. And he's starting to get ill. And you can hear it. If you, you want to get to know Prabhupada, if you can do this, listen to his audio uh, recordings chronologically. You know, morning walk, you know, Bhagavatam class, room conversations, special interviews, whatever. Day after day, after day, after day. You can travel with Prabhupada. 
You want to you get there? Just travel with Prabhupada. <laughs> I've been doing it for a long time. And so now he's, his last, I just listened to this just the other day. It's his last public program. Bombay, Pondal, around Ram Navami time. Ram Navami. And the, 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 the temple is finally almost built. It's not quite finished. It hasn't been opened, but he's there and doing this Pondal program. And he gives the most classic Bhagavad Gita lectures you'll ever hear. He just distills all of his preaching for the last 12 years into these. And a lot of important people came to those programs. But that time Prabhupada was very famous in, in Bombay, especially. So I'm just, I'm convinced, you know. I mean, I was I was with your Guru Maharaj, Vaishashika Prabhu, in his, in his living room many, many years ago. And we were trying to figure out how to inspire people to read Prabhupada's books. And one of us, I don't remember which one, he didn't remember either. One of us said, be a sage. And the other one said, page by page. <laughs> that was it. God, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so then we started, you know, figuring how many pages it would take wow. to read the book, a certain number, amount of time. And then he later on, he took, of course, he's such a genius. Every, everything he touches, it starts to develop like anything. Mm. Now they, there's an app that'll tell you how many pages you have to read in order to finish this book in a certain amount of time. We want to read a book in six months, you have to read this many pages every day. Like this, <clears throat> you know, we have to practice. We have to take the, the, the I, I mean, just now, I just now I'm, I'm reading out loud every day, the Krishna book in the daily readings. Mm. And I'm telling you, it is so ecstatic. And everybody's giving me all these feedback about how they feel when they hear the Krishna book read by someone who really is attached to the book. And it's working. It's actually working. It's changing people's hearts, giving them a taste, because this is what Krishna consciousness is about. You know, when you get a taste for hearing about Krishna, and when that taste goes to the point of attraction for Krishna personally, and then eventually attachment to Krishna personally, then you can get love of Krishna. You'll fall in love with Krishna. Hmm. It's natural to fall in love with Krishna because he's the most wonderful person on all levels. <laughs> and if you read Prabhupada's books systematically, you know, look at the, pe the preface of the Bhagavatam, you know, he says the only qualification one needs is to read it, you know, systematically, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, all the way through and not jump forward and jump around. And if you do that, you'll, you, when you come to the 10th canto, you'll be God conscious. I think he actually says page by page, Maharaj, if I remember correctly. In one I, of the places. I don't think it says page by page, but anyway, if he does, that's even better. <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to hear from you, Maharaj. Maybe what's the, what's your favorite book to read, and why? Maybe that's a Krishna book. Mm. Krishna book is my favorite book to read <clears throat> because it it's the, the you know 
We know that the Bhagavatam is the ripened fruit of, of all the Vedic literature. And we know that because Vyasadeva, who was the editor of all the uh, Vedas and the Puranas, right? He just reorganized them in a way that made it easier to enter for the people of Kali Yuga. But he still wasn't satisfied. And then he meets Nardamuni at that moment. Muni at that moment, and Nardamuni says, "The problem is you've mixed glorification of the supreme personality of Godhead with other things in all of these other books. So now you have to you have to write a book just about the supreme absolute truth with nothing else." And then we know he went into trance. The Bhagavatam, according to Jiva Goswami in the Tattvasandarbha is actually an eternal scripture. It's the same as the Vedas. Therefore, Nigamakalpa Tador, Galitam Palam. So Nigamakalpa Tador. Nigama means means Shruti. And Agama means Smriti. That means the Puranas and all the Itihasas, Mahabharat, Ramayan, right? That's Agama. And 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 um, um, nigama means the, the original Vedas and the Upanishads. So nigama kalpa tador galitam palam, the ripened fruit. And galitam is a special word. It means oozing with juice. You know, and that's the Bhagavatam. So Prabhupada, to make sure that we got that. Galitam, you know, because the Bhagavad, tenth canto of the Bhagavatam is the is the summa bonum of the Bhagavatam, and the Bhagavatam the summa bonum of all the other Vedas, and then Vedivyasa became satisfied. So we can know by this that the Bhagavad Gita and the Bhagavatam they are the principal books. We should read these books for the rest of our lives. We don't need to go anywhere else. It says right in the beginning, second second verse of the Bhagavatam, that uh, what, what need is there for any other book? Once you start to read it seriously and get a taste for hearing it. So that's why I started to read these books out loud because I know that it works. Anybody who starts to read regularly every day and hears from a person who's attached to it, it changes the heart. It actually changes, it gives one a taste of Krishna's. So that's why 10th Canto, and Prabhupada wrote it even be, before he did the Bhagavatam, finished the Bhagavatam. Because he wanted to make sure that we got that taste. That's so nice. Now, one thing, I have a question, Mars, this is for our audience and, um, you know, many devotees may have uh, so many commitments, you know, they're working so many hours, they have, you know, kids to take that's care why, of. That's why, that's why, that's why I'm going into the audiobooks because the audiobooks, everybody's doing it. Everybody's listening. The audiobooks are becoming more and more the rage, you know, you're traveling from one place to another. You have to drive sometimes, you know, an hour to work or even more sometimes. You know, you have to walk from place to place. If you get into the habit, mm -hmm. you know, of hearing, right? 
everyone has time, everyone, but they don't, it hasn't, the penny hasn't dropped. <laughs> so I'm hoping that these audiobooks will help the devotees realize that you mm. can hear direct from Srila Prabhupada anytime. Yes. Okay. So that's, that's the, I was going to say, what is the practical tip? So there you have it. That is the tip. And the other thing is, you know, the daily readings of Srila Prabhupada's books, which I've been doing for more than three years, and there are 970 videos, count them, 970 vi videos. Some of them are not so good quality, but I'm going to improve the quality as I go along. You know, I'm going to reread the Bhagavatam, for instance, because when I was traveling a lot and I had different kinds of connections, and sometimes there was a breakage, you know, in the in the, in the internet, mm -hmm. and so some of them not perfect. But I'm going to go through them again and make them perfect. But my point is that they're there already, and then we decided to move them over to the YouTube. So there's a there's a there's a channel on the YouTube daily readings of Shiva Prabhupada's books, and okay. all of the books that I've read, and I'll tell you what they are. You have the Bhagavad Gita cover to cover. The same format that we, that Vaishnava Prabhu and I use in Govardhan, same format. You read and then you have reflections. Mm. But now it's not five hours a day, it's only one hour or a little bit more than one hour. And I spend 45 minutes just reading, great. And then sometimes more, sometimes a little less, but, and then we have reflections, right? So, Bhagavad Gita all the way through, cover to cover is there. Srimad Bhagavatam, cover to cover. The whole thing is already there on the YouTube channel. Chaitanya Charitamrita, cover to cover, completely there. Krishna book, I'm now I'm on 67, chapter 67. So very soon I'll have that there. Mm. Briyad Bhagavatamrita, cover to cover is there. It's all there. So there's no, there's no excuses. No. No there's excuses. There's 120 hours of listening pleasure in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And we're just now getting to the point. Just in a few days, we'll be going through the final proof here, you know, to make sure everything is cool. And then we'll do the mastering. So it will come out this year for sure. We were trying to get it done by Prabhupada's Vyasa Puja. This is 125th year anniversary, so it's a very important year. It'll happen in this year for sure. When exactly, we don't. I don't know yet. I can't tell you. It has to be mastered, then it has to be, all the decisions have to be made how to get it out there and, you know. Okay. Well, but luckily, well, Chiki Prabhu is a full PBT trustee. <laughs> And he's into the, you know, he's into the distribution. He's so into it, the marketing and the uh, communication. You have the full backing. <laughs> full backing, yeah. So uh, so thank you, Maraj, for coming up to the end of the hour here. And I, I so much appreciate your time and your association and the impact you've had on my life personally. I've, I've also taken out the, the systematic hearing chronologically of Prabhupada's audio after nice, watching nice. you and hearing you 
That's why you're smiling. That. I was saying, talking about it. Yeah, I got it. I got so it. I, I took that up and um and and then just just the, the just to see the relationship you have with the Prabhupada's books and like you were mentioning, someone who's attached to hearing Prabhupada's books, and then just to see that experience I've had in Govardhan, um when you've mercifully allowed me to come and and watch you and my guru Maharaj read Prabhupada's books and kind of just having this, it's a it's a transcendental relationship and. You're hearing the books of your spiritual master, and just to, to us, you know, the, the, the disciples and the grand disciples of Srila Prabhupada, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's just so nice. It's so nice, and I just hope I can carry on the torch and carry on the baton. So please, thank you, thank very you so much. Gopal Chapur Bubu, and that's the actual goal. So now I know that it's it's working. Hare Krishna. So, is there anything you like, uh, anything else you like to mention, Maharaj, to leave our, our listeners with before we go? No, just, you know, be merciful to me, bless my effort, and uh, pray to Parvupad and to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Lord Krishna, Radha and Krishna, that they give me a long enough life. I'm 75 years old. I just finished the second major surgery in the last within the last six months. So no joke. But, you know, just let me stay long enough so that I can finish this vow to do these audiobooks. We're just now finishing the CC. We're going to do the Bhagavad Gita next, then we're going to do the whole Bhagavatam. You're talking about years. Hare Krishna. My dear Lords, Shri Sri Radha Govinda, Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and Srila Prabhupada, please keep Keshav Bharti Maharaj with us as long as he needs to finish all these audiobooks. Thank you so Krishna. much. Thank you very much. Your spiritual master will be proud of you because that's exactly what he would say. <laughs> I, I know. <laughs> All right, thank you again. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna. Thank you again for listening to Sankirtan On. Please feel free to subscribe and share with your friends for regular updates and inspirational stories on how by giving we grow. Thank you for sharing this time with us. All glories to Srila Prabhupada.